0: Welcome to Charm the Water. This is Day of the Moon, Monday morning, and I'm hoping that this week isn't going to be as busy as last week, because there was enough, like, tools landed in my lap last week for me to literally carry forward years into the future, and uh, how I kind of want to Contextualize this is that my trading journey has been a 24 7 thing for the last few years and has taken up every bit of free time and is just what I've obsessed over. Well, I heard like successful traders saying, you know, we do this because we want freedom in our lives. We want time uh to pursue whatever we want you know family or you know whatever that and jobs do not allow that and that's why we're traitors uh, for the liberty the freedom and that didn't really make a lot of sense to me I mean I heard it and I was like yeah but the reality of it I didn't understand um Having a mentor was essential in this, and COVID-19 was essential in this. Otherwise, I would have never gotten to where I am. And it's hard for me to see where I am, because I'm not quite yet where I want to be. But when I pause and look back, I say, damn, you know, I need to take a minute to pat myself on the back a little bit. Because, bro, you came a long way. Uh, so where I am now is I'm having to learn to rely on probabilities. And what that looks like as a day trader. Uh, when you think of day trader, in my mind, I picture somebody uh, obsessing Obsessing uh, on the computer like you would with video games or something. Uh, probably not that healthy and like, uh, you know, not good. Well, early on, that's exactly what it looked like until I learned better. And now with my mentor, my mentors, look, look, people think day trading is everyday trading. Day trading is not every day trading so now i'm to the level where it takes me five minutes look am i trading am i not trading uh this is my entry this is my exit (laughs) and you know set it and forget it that's what's hard one decision every day at a certain time and then you walk away so this has, you know been my entirety of my existence for years and now i have to walk away like i've gotten to the level of such precision i make one decision and walk away and when i was on the job like working various jobs i saw that uh upper management boss level even middle management especially more than any of the others had that problem uh they couldn't walk away they couldn't delegate out stuff and in a unhealthy way they would take everything on themselves whether it be you know because they wanted to please their superiors Or they just actually wanted it done. And they knew uh, they couldn't rely on people under them or around them. Which is definitely the case. (laughs) Everywhere you go. No matter what job. Uh, So they couldn't delegate. uh, And they would take on everything. And that... Man, walking away from, uh, I guess, being a control freak... Uh, into just like it's like a zen type I don't know I feel like I need to watch that surfer movie with Keanu Reeves and the other dude like I can't think of his name I think he's from that Dirty Dancing movie can't think of his name but I feel like I are the movie name <laughs> but they surfed in it like I feel Point Break is that it I feel like I I need to watch that movie I don't know why, but I've never really watched it before. I've saw bits and pieces of it, but like this is such a scary and zen type thing. It's just letting go and uh, letting what happen, what's gonna happen, happen, and then just moving on, letting it flow, man. Not caring. Less you care, the better you perform. It's so, like, anti-intuitive to everything uh, that I had been taught up to uh, this point about how things work. You know, the whole American work ethic is work harder, work longer, work faster. This is the exact opposite. Uh, So, that's weird. And has created this huge hole of what am I going to fill all this time in with now? So last week was an answer for me in that arena. Essentially, what am I going to do with my life? Uh, You know, I have the trading thing in... I feel confident in that now. Now what are you going to do with the free time that it provides? Uh, So I didn't know. uh, But looking back to that first Jupiter initiation, um, I just want to relate again really quickly what happened to Kelly. Um, I had done the Venus... Initiation and then we moved out to Mars Hill and we moved in uh, together and lived there for I think three years out in the country. It was wonderful. And I completed the rest of the initiations and the entire amount of time at the end I looked, it ended up being 777 days from when I did the first initiation from seven spheres which is the trithemian system to the last initiation and i was like you know like that's just cool <laughs> and there were so many unbelievably cool things that happened that nobody would believe like i probably shouldn't relate them publicly and that's why you know the old term the water doesn't exist i'm like like what do you do with all this um but for kelly that was a life-changing initiation Uh, and i don't know how to explain what these are except that i believe uh this system has existed for a long time in many places and you know One of the last places it was widely known was in rome uh, with the soldiers as uh mithraism and you know it it was here long before egypt uh and the more you look at polytheism and the nature of the archetypes the more you see the columns (laughs) of correspondences uh it's it's really amazing to see uh, and to see in a personal way so Kelly experienced in this Jupiter initiation uh, being a mushroom and being part of nature and being one with nature and then a huge hand comes down and picks her and she experiences uh, essentially death Uh, separation from all other living things and the fear of that and the sense of loss and after she had that experience you know she went from somebody who was terrified and wanted bugs killed to somebody who would you know pick them up and take them outside that's how impactful this was and it wasn't even her initiation it was mine but just her as you know, she acted as the medium in between. Uh, I was very intellectual and would see, receive information in a very heady, intellectual way. And she would just get the direct vision a lot of times. Um, a lot of times I would have that in dreams. But uh, those, of course, would impact her. Uh, so she, she was uh initiated right along with me in an indirect way. And the Jupiter initiation was one of the most impactful for her. Um for me, Jupiter and the Sun and Saturn were all they all had very close relation. Uh you know, I could think of them as the three kings. Uh they just seemed to have a lot to do with each other. Uh Especially Jupiter and, and the sun. And the way I experienced Jupiter was uh, in many ways his traditional archetype as this uh, rain god, storm god of the crops. And crops having so much to do with, with the wealth uh, and survival of a community but especially in the way that it could provide the person who went out and tamed nature and you know could go out and propagate a plant and create roomfuls of that same plant and share with the community and profit from nature, from propagating life. Um, that Has always been there in my Jupiter experience stuff. Uh, From the first Jupiter initiation having to do with the Earth and leading into us learning about the flora and the fauna around Mars Hill and working with plants and uh, making mojos and, uh, you know, collecting bloodroot. And then a second jupiter working which was uh, for a, for getting a job well it got me a job at a greenhouse and there was a bit with a black wolf that i turned into jumping out of the car that that was in the vision was uh describing my short time before i quit quit this job but uh it was at a greenhouse it was at one of these bigger well the biggest greenhouse uh, it's international and they grow more variety of plants than anybody else and uh they had a very cool plant biologist there and uh she was this young woman and I really got an in-depth look at the plants sitting in on meetings and sitting on sitting in on uh marketing meetings where they would have people from chemical side come in and give us their spiel on the latest chemical and those people were very obviously wealthy and kind of very slick, and I found repulsive. And we would also have people come in from the biological side, trying to sell biologicals. Those people were a little bit more strange. They were making money, but this is something that was new, and you could tell they weren't like a you know corporation. They were like people that had come together uh, from different. Areas of academia and come together to start a business that new hasn't been around nematodes and stuff like this uh, all selling types of bugs breeding bugs that would be used to deploy when you get a greenhouse infestation and they would actually uh, be the predator of whatever it was you had uh, so learning about those things and seeing how You know, at the highest level of, uh, you know, that industry, uh, which was this company that I worked for. The greenhouse industry hasn't changed since like the 1940s. They do things in exactly the same way. Uh, But now they're beginning to change. It's like there's a new consciousness entering and they're seeing that working with nature uh can be a lot better than buying expensive 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 chemicals that don't work as well over time uh, because what they're treating or there is it adapting and the chemical has to get stronger Uh, and so it's cancer causing agents and all kinds of bad stuff Uh, Piccolo is the number one that I hated. It's called Piccolo. Um, I keep hearing the chickens outside the window distracting me. So last week uh, was just kind of an unfolding about, look, here's what you're going to grow. Here's how you're going to do your fertilizer. Here's how you're going to do your soil. Here's how you're going to do this. Here's how you're going to do that all within the context of last week uh, in working with Brett who is a Piscean spirit uh, from the Book of Treasure Spirits Uh, so that connection with the Jupiterian again and the Piscean um, basically from that point out I found out about Dr. Cho and KNF, Korean Natural Farming. His son has his own system. Uh, There are a lot of similar systems out there. And there are systems which don't even know they're part of this. That are just, this is the way we do it. This is the way we've done it. And uh, those all have the common ground of kind of this indigenous farming methods of you know you brew if you're going to fertilize it's not a product you bought it's something you've brewed yourself and so your treatments uh, insecticides and stuff they're all going to be natural that you've brewed yourself so what that offers uh this is being done in places like uh you go to south korea uh hawaii you'll find these knf enthusiasts and Dr. Cho, uh, goes all over everywhere, uh, talking about, I don't think he does anymore, because he's, like, in his 80s, but his son, you'll find YouTube bits and pieces out there, there's not a whole lot, like, it's something new to me, but it coincides and meshes so well with what was, kind of, happened last week, I went ahead and made the collection box, cedar collection box, so I'm looking at it right now, uh, this is, like, the natural farming 101 you're gonna begin to build your soil out so uh I've got the rice done now here's where this is unique to me what I'm about to say uh because I have grown mushrooms before that is an extremely tricky process and you know if you don't have a pressure cooker just forget about it uh (laughs) because you're going to end up growing all kinds of stuff you don't want to grow unless you uh, sterilize what you're working with really, really, really well and uh, work within at bare minimum a still air box uh, but more peripherally preferably uh, industrial grade uh, air cleaners and stuff so with this collection technique, what you do is put rice in this cedar box, cover it with rice paper, and go find an local area where you can collect the microbiology. Uh, the problem with that, uh, as it was as I saw it, is that that rice is going to be growing stuff that was on the rice, that was in your house, that was on your clothes, It's not going to be growing this stuff in the woods because it's already been exposed to so many spores. By the time you get to the woods, your experiment's already, like, you know, ruined. All right, so. Uh, the problem with the uh, k and Korean Natural Farming collection technique that I saw on YouTube. Uh, one, it failed. And two, it was obvious why it failed. Uh, the guy essentially just uh, collected... I, I think he was growing stuff that was in his house. And that was on the rice. And that was on his clothes. Uh, Long before he got out into the woods, those spores were already in his rice. So uh, it was like just obvious to me that a pressure cooker needed to be involved in the process. So what that looks like is uh, just undercooking your rice where it doesn't stick all together, uh, jarring it up putting those jars in a pressure cooker I forget the PSI uh, and I don't want to guess at it because you could blow yourself up but uh, the proper PSI for like an hour uh, 45 minutes minimum uh, hour preferably for uh, decontamination for sterilization of the rice in those jars okay so this is my plan this is step one, uh, which is building your soil for what you're going to grow. And and this, you know, uh, collection of microbial life is uh, Dr. Cho's method uh, with a cedar box. The only thing I'm changing is like a sterilization process before you begin. Um, so... You do not open that jar of sterilized rice until you're at your collection site. Uh, What I also plan, I have my cedar box. I'll take a picture of it for uh, the uh, episode image. Only other thing I'm going to do that box is torch it. Uh, Torch it where it looks like a blackened, just because I do that with every wooden thing I have. (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah that box will be covered with rice paper so it's coming the jar of rice is coming and rice paper is coming to the woods, to the collection site Uh, and isopropyl alcohol, 70% at the collection site, spray the cedar box lightly give that a chance to evaporate off a little bit know a few seconds and then uh open the jar of sterilized rice and as quickly as possible transfer uh to the cedar box and then cover and attach the rice paper to the top of the box and so the idea is that uh Spores will be able to travel through the rice paper easily and other things will not. And, uh, you want, you don't want that to get rained on and, uh, the bottom has slots or holes uh, in it because you want the, uh, the the mycelium to grow up into your rice, uh, Now that I'm thinking about it, I thought of this last night as a second alteration uh, to the collection method that I was shown. That is to uh, have a rice wash or or simply starchy water. uh, Because that's what a rice wash is. Uh, Starchy water, soak some, some string. I'll probably use hemp string. So, like you would soak a wick in, I think it's uh, salt water or something, I forget what you soak candle wicks in, not salt water for this, starch water uh, you could use a rice wash uh, if nothing else but soak the string in the starch water and then like attach two or three of those small uh, starch soaked wicks to the bottom of the box, and the idea behind that was that will give uh, the the mycelium like a direct path to your rice, uh, rather than it just kind of sitting below it, and uh, yeah, I thought that was a pretty good idea I had on that, <laughs> yeah, boy, I love. I love. All right, I've had a little much coffee. Little much coffee. Is that all I was going to say? Is it? Is it, Jim? You tell me. Um, there's so much to this out there that uh, I want to start by making the solutions. Two dr Cho's methods because uh his methods attract me because of their precision uh, and that precision um, it's you know it's extraordinary like, like in trading like it's so precise there's no question uh so dr Cho's son leaves a little bit more ambiguity and uh, Dr. Cho's son's method not everything is edible and the father Master Cho uh, his methods everything is edible you don't have to worry about you know accidentally getting anything in your eye or in growing bacteria everything's edible like it's crazy you can spray it you could shower in it uh so there are a number of basic solutions essential to Korean natural farming and uh they have acronyms um like uh fish amino acids would be the solution called FAA and so I have that brewing in a five gallon bucket and, uh, I did that with canned sardines from the dollar store, uh, brown sugar, pineapple, and, uh, what else? Oh, uh, nori, seaweed, uh, and, uh, coconut water, and was there anything else? I think that was it. Oh, also... The uh, LAB, or sometimes called LABS, which is the Lactobacillus Serum, went in there. And so I also have made the Lactobacillus Serum. So those are the two solutions I have going on from Korean Natural Farming uh, put into place last week they're 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 going in fact the uh lactobacillus it's good like it's good to go i've got it bottled and i'm already using it on everything and uh it's drastically reduced the smell of the compost which was pretty potent uh drastically reduced the smell in the uh hen house and i've I already sprayed it on, uh, con- I sprayed it all around the house on stuff, plants, um, with plants, it, it keeps bad bacterias from becoming imbalanced and, uh, taking over, uh, and it helps the, uh, other good bacterias, it helps facilitate their growth, um, So let's see what else is there today. I'm doing the collection, going to go set the cedar box, and hopefully, from that, uh, we will have a uh, microbial culture to propagate in our um, oak leaf compost pile, and which will eventually be turned into. My branded soil, which will have microbes local to this, you know, right here <laughs> in the backyard. Here, the oak leaves come out of the backyard, the chicken manure comes from my chickens. Uh, it's just an, a closed loop system, uh, it needs nothing from outside. And this is what uh, Master Cho, why. There's a growing interest because when people realize when these greenhouses that spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on chemical every season, when they realize that with Dr. Cho's methods, if they work, they don't have to spend anything on chemical, they don't have to use chemical, they don't even have to buy fertilizer. And productivity—that's the claim. Productivity increases as the soil returns to like its natural, you know, state. That's full of microbial life, full of fungal life, full of bacteria and yeast. Uh, as that returns and begins to work in conjunction uh, with the plants, like it only gets better. So production increases. And overhead cost drastically decrease, so what's not to love uh not only governments are behind this because it's entirely natural i I mean it's so good for the environment it like you can eat everything within it. you can eat all or drink all of the solutions i mean that's that's just crazy. The claims. So, <clears throat> you know, if I get into this and it doesn't work, I'll tell you. But I feel at this point, this is going to be a most excellent way uh, to carry forward. And um, the next solution I want to make is one based on... Um, oh my God, I've forgotten the name of it fermented soybean is one of the things and uh, you use a plant material uh, fermented plant material you can use anything but the most common one that if you go to a hydroponic store and buy a nutrient that you can either add to hydroponics you can use as a drench or more commonly as a foliar spray uh, it will likely be based in stinging nettle. Um, stinging nettle is something so common. It sucks up so many nutrients. That's why it's it's used. So I want my plant-based solution, my fermented plant solution, which has an acronym that I forget. Uh, I want that to be uh, based in stinging nettle and uh, soy bean which I will probably, I don't know if I should ferment those both together or ferment them separately and then combine them into one product at the end. I've not got that worked out yet, but, uh, that's the next, <clears throat> next goal probably for this week. Um, the other thing is, uh, leaving it open to working with something that's not stinging nettle but that is here on this property and uh, I mean you could use anything Uh, it's just that stinging nettle is used because it as a plant uh, sucks up so many nutrients from the earth it's excellent to turn into a fertilizer so without like getting way nerdy into that stuff uh i think i'll leave it there and uh yeah we'll we'll see how this week unfolds and what happened next what gonna happen until next time this is Aaron david